In today's episode, we're speaking to Jonathan Satovsky, who is the CEO and Chief Behavioral Coach of Satovsky Assets and Management. Jonathan provides leadership, coaching, advanced financial planning, and oversight across client relationships and business operations. Prior to founding in 2007, Jonathan served over 13 years of, in, at American Express Financial Advisors, where he was recognized by the Chairman Advisory Council as one of the youngest top 10 advisors at the company. Let's speak to Jonathan and find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I have the honor and the pleasure of speaking to the amazing Jonathan Satoski. I hope I pronounced your name, surname correctly. Jonathan, I'm sorry if I butchered it. I do apologize. It's perfect, Gul. Welcome, welcome, Jonathan. I'm super excited. So obviously everyone's heard how amazing you are and all your all your super achievements. But in your own words, Jonathan, tell everybody what it is that you do. So people have dreams in their life. Yeah. That they might have deep within them uh, that they may or may not have suppressed or may or may not have uh, reimagined to make possible. Mm-hmm. And... As you know, inside the word impossible is I'm possible. Yes, of course. So part of my um, aspiration is to try to help people with math, money, and their mindset to bridge the gap between what their dreams are and what they're doing to make it all possible. Fabulous. Fabulous. So you work, pretty much work on people's mindset, right? Money, math, and mindset. So okay, all three elements. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it how you say it. You can't just work, you know, with one without the other two. Yeah, of course. They go hand in hand. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how did you get here? Now, we were speaking off the camera before, and you've told me you've grown up in the U.S. and that too, I think Michigan, then you moved around to Florida and then to to New York. But now you're you're speaking to me in Italy. So tell us, how did everything begin for you? How did you end up, you know, doing what you're doing at the moment? So it's been a long journey. Um, share with us, how did, you, how did it all start? Start from the beginning. So I was born, I'll give you a quick synopsis. I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So uh, for any U.S. listeners that are from the Midwest, you might understand that once you uh, poke my uh, veins, you'll notice that there's maize and blue that, blood, that that comes out instead of red. So I bleed maize and blue. And I, uh, my father was an entrepreneur and moved down to South Florida, but would take us back to a football game every year. So brainwashed us that uh, it was Michigan or bust. I went and found my way back to Michigan and uh, met a young lady and followed her to New York and figured if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. So I've been in New York since 1992 and um, post-pandemic or midst of the pandemic, wherever we are in the state of the world at the moment. Um, I, As you know, I'm in Italy right now, mm-hmm. visiting some clients and venturing around the world in uh, designing a life that post-pandemic I can do without apology. Mm. 
Okay, so that's that's quite a in a, well, very succinctly putting your your life cycle up, up until this moment. So when how did this how did you start working in your in, you know working out on 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 the on the I suppose the, the trilogy or the, the the triad method that you have at the moment? How did you actually identify it? What what led you down to this path? Because nobody nobody wakes up one day and thinks, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be into coaching. I'm gonna be coaching people. I I sure as hell had no clue I was going down going in this path. So where did you start? What were you doing before then? How did you find your path to your as I call I will say now this is your calling? But how did you find your path here? So you know you talk about the hero's journey, and I don't think most of us have uh, conscious awareness of how we are biased in our behaviors. But I believe zero to eight, we're all like little sponges and taking on all these images of what we see and hear from our parents, from our yeah. friends, from our community teachers, and you're being programmed. Of course, and it's a conscious sort of programming, to, yeah. It, yeah. You, have to, you have to shake off some of that programming and learn some of your innate talents in nature in order to shed some of that to get back to your root identity without the masks to know who you are and how you show up in the world rather mm. than everyone else to... to to let whatever your unique ability shine. So I believe that we're all on a journey and I'm learning. I don't have the answers. I uh, like Zen mind, beginner mind and the expert mind. There's few possibilities in the beginner's mind. There is, there's infinite. So I begin everything without knowing anything and um, just showing up. So one of my fortunate gifts is when I was a freshman in high school, I won first in the state of Florida in a humorous interpretation of a play. Okay. It was sort of impro- improvisational, and I felt very intimidated and not believing in myself. I just had sort of an outer body experience and just performed. You know, I just had to fit into the spot. So a little bit more of the story. When I went to Michigan uh, at college, my my friend's father said, you know, this is one of the best universities in the world. Get a liberal arts education because the rest of your life, the world's going to narrow you down and mm. force you to be very narrow. So I took everything from ergonomics and engineering to pre-med to business communications psychology greek mythology i mean i i learned about jazz and other mediums you know i mean i i wanted to get as broad an education as possible so that i can relate to people at different levels of wherever their passions were so the reason i stumbled into finance and i say stumbled is several fold number one i was pre-med and i didn't like cutting open the frog the blood sort of made me a little ill. So I was like, you know what? I like the intellectual pursuit of science, but yeah, I don't really like that. No yeah, thanks. I can definitely relate to that. Yes. <laughs> I, was, you know, I, was doing, I wanted to become a doctor until I realized what it's involved. I thought, no, I'll take my sciences and I'll leave. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go elsewhere. My scientific mind elsewhere, yeah. Yeah. And, and one very informative thing in my life was uh, my parents divorced when I was young, uh, mm-hmm. about 11 and 12 years old. And I saw... Um, there was a lot of money struggles and I saw yeah. my mom be quite vulnerable. And I, I made a conscious decision to say, how can I make my mom forgive? This is a technical term. You might need to bleep this out. How do I make her unethable? Mm. I want to make her impervious to being vulnerable and having to do things by other people's standards. I want yeah. her to feel strong and confident and self-assured and, and independent. And so maybe subconsciously I got into the field of money because I wanted to understand it since they don't teach it to you in high school or college. No, they don't, they don't, they don't teach it at all. Yeah. I wanted to understand the money gig. So I figured if I can learn the money gig, I can help my mom be bulletproof. And if I can help her be bulletproof, then maybe I can apply that to other people. And all of a sudden I started meeting people, doctors, lawyers, hedge fund managers, Wall Street, you know, uh, salespeople, um, 
someone at the head of an endowment, the chief economist at AT&T. I mean, people that at 22 years old, I thought, wait a second, they know a lot more than me. Why are they hiring me? Mm. And I realized that everyone needs someone to cover their blind spots. Mm. I had a deep passion for helping people, building lifetime relationships. And money happened to come quite easy to me. I was, you know, the three classes that I sort of slept through with A pluses were statistics, calculus, and logic. So that came natural to me. Mm. I had a natural to seeing things, hearing someone and seeing what they were doing and finding the gap. And people valued that. And mm. so I started getting paid. So I've been on that path for 25 plus years since I haven't found anyone yet to replace me, you know? <laughs> um, and no one will because you're unique, of course, every, every single person is. So over your over the course of your journeys, how obviously you, you didn't have this mindset when you were born. And your, if your mother was struggling, then obviously that, that sort of programming was, well, that, that's the kind of programming you received as a young child. How did you recognize your own limited thinking? How did you recognize your own money blocks? How did you change in your own um, subconscious mind first? Because you have to change your own programming first before you're able to help others. Well, for how, how do you even recognize what sort of programming you had? Well, let's say it a little bit differently. I, as my friend Mitch would say, it's very easy to be Einstein for others. Hmm. And Mr. Magoo for ourselves. Yes, and it, it really is. I, I have to, I have to, you know, really reinforce the idea. The best coaches in the world need coaches for this very reason. Exactly. So I have such. At eighteen, I knew everything. Now I'm fifty, and I am immensely curious learner. I know mm. there's a tremendous amount to learn. And something that struck me the other day, and then I'm going to get back to your root question, was that in the world there's knowledge wisdom and understanding. Yeah. And it's very easy to get knowledge. You could just Google the knowledge, whatever yeah, you want. It's anything. very, it's easily accessible now. With Google, we have everything at, the, at our fingertips, of course. Every bit of knowledge you want. Now, wisdom comes with age, right? Because mm-hmm. you have to experience something in order to feel that wisdom. Ex- I don't or, think, think it's age. I think it comes with experience. Experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having done something before, mm-hmm. you know, why you would do something a mm-hmm. certain way. So you have a certain experience that brings some wisdom. But the, the, the most challenging thing, and sometimes it takes a lifetime to understand, is the understanding. Yeah, agreed. How do you align your thoughts, words, and actions in your daily life every day? So you asked how I got to where I am. I'm in Italy right now. Hmm. And I, have a, I do not have a ticket home right now, for example. I don't know when I'm coming home. Hmm. I may come home tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now. Hmm. You know, I don't have to physically be somewhere right now. Now, how did I get here? I got here because I um, am an accidental flaneur. Do you know the, the, the term flaneur? No, I'm not familiar with that. It's, it's, wand, it's wandering with curiosity, with innate curiosity. With mm, no, interesting. With, with no, with no uh, implicit destination. Mm. Oh, I have to get to the door. I have to be at this appointment. I have to be here. I have to be, you know, I have to do this. But if you're wandering with no intention, you see the world from such a different light. You can appreciate the local baker. You can appreciate a flower. You can appreciate the nature around you. You can be present for things that you otherwise would just blow right past. Yeah. Because you're be somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's actually okay. That's a very that's a very beautiful term. Then takes you to actually walk through life, experiencing everything around you because you're not in a hurry to get to from destination A to B. Okay, that's interesting. So, so in the hero's journey or the alchemist. You know, everyone's like, oh, I have to get here and then I'll have made it, whatever that is. 
And some yeah. people have clarity where they want to be. You know, I had a client many years ago said, I want to ice skate in Rome. I'm like, okay, let's figure it out. If that's what you want to do. Let's design a life to, to enable you to do that. And, mm. and we did. But most people don't have such clarity of what it is that is going to bring them joy and happiness. Well, and I think so, most people don't know what they want. That's the whole point. They actually don't know what they want. They know what they don't want, which is the current life and the current lifestyle. But they have no clue as to what it is they want in, in, in terms of the amount of money. Oh, I just want money. How much money? Oh, uh, you know, enough. What's enough? You know, <laughs> when you unravel the things. That's a that's a very important question because at, at dinner two nights ago, someone here in Italy asked me, what's your number? How much is enough? And I said, there is no exact number. The number is enough that you can be present mm. for every part of your life. Yeah. And if you have a shortage of money or an excess of money that brings you stress, it takes you out of being present for a conversation with a friend mm. or it takes you out of being present for life. Mm. So the amount of money you need is the amount of money that you can feel a degree of freedom, freedom of time, money, relationships, purpose. That's the amount of money. And for some people, it's very little. And for some people, it's a lot. But there is definitely not a direct correlation mm. to money and happiness. And that's probably why our the founding fathers in America had said, oh, it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm. The pursuit of happiness, meaning I guess they uh, must have understood that we were miserable and we were in pursuit of something. They should have, they should have said, we're, you know, we're, we're really happy. We're just trying to expand on our happiness. But, you know, that didn't quite cross that way. You know? I think I think most people are never happy. I, if, I, if, I, if I look at my, you know, if I look around people around me and my clients and other people around me as well, happiness doesn't, this should not depend on anything external anyway. Happiness comes from within. If you're not happy today, you're not going to be happy tomorrow with $50,000 or $500,000. It doesn't make much of a difference. But if I'm happy today, then I'll be happy tomorrow, irrespective of how much money I do or don't have or where, what kind of life I lead. So this is something that I think it's, it's, a, it's a falsity that's been fed to us through our, um, our even education and our systems. Do this and then you'll be happy. Do this and then you'll be happy. Do this and then you'll be happy. So it literally is a pursuit of happiness. And but happiness is always elusive. It never you never get there, right? I think I'm starting to unpack it a little bit, and this conversation is helping in the mm. sense that I said knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Mm. It's a true understanding of yourself and how to put yourself in a position and designing a life that people can celebrate your yeah. strengths yeah. and your unique your unique gifts to the world. Yeah. Many people all want to change us. Oh, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? Or why don't you Everyone's trying to tell us how to live and what to do, yeah. but that's based on their own biases. That has nothing to do with really knowing innately of what our innate talents are and yeah. what brings, if someone's a great baker and they want to bake their whole lives, like bake away. If yeah. someone wants to be a playwright, be a playwright. You know, mm -hmm. if someone wants to be an artist, be an artist. You know, it's just the societal pressure. Uh, there's a book that my children's uh, teacher had given us when she, my daughter was in ninth grade called Excellent Sheep. S-H-E. It was a Yale professor and he became, he was a Yale student and became a Yale professor. And he said a third of the kids go to school with a very creative instinct. And by their senior year, because of pressure from parents, the teacher, their coworkers, family or friends, they go a safe route. They go into management consulting, banking, doctor, lawyer, whatever, yeah. everything's safe. So they know they have a predictable amount of money to make. They actually suppress, they say, when I make enough money, then I'll pursue my whatever artistic, yeah, or whatever my artistic expression is. 
So they suppress their artistic expression to do what society wants them to do to follow、mm. the path is secure, but it's secure not a path secure, to, yeah, secure path to to happiness, supposedly. Yeah, it's secure part to financial. Uh, financial. Well, I, I, I think, I think, yeah, it is. It's secure path to financial、um, security. But then, that why do you want financial security for happiness, so that you're going to be happy? And I've, because I've, I've heard this phrase, you know, well, if you want to be happy, you need to have money. Of course, you do. And I, you know, being a money mindset expert, I do believe money plays a, a major part. I mean, just play, play a role in this. But it, you, there are many ways to make money. You know, you and I both know this. Money is not hard to make. Money is easy to make. You don't have to take one particular path to make money. You don't have to be a doctor, lawyer, whatever to be to make money. Hell, I've completely changed my career, and I make more money, and I'm happier. But it's you know, it's when what understanding what's going to make you happy is that. And I'm while I'm having this conversation, the thought comes to me that my daughter she's brilliant at editing, and when I was speaking to her yesterday, I said, "You want to be an editor?" She goes, "No, I don't want to be an editor. You can't make much money in it." And that was her answer, and I was thinking, okay, we need to have another conversation. <laughs> we need to have another conversation. This is not what I want to hear from my daughter.、Um, but it's this is the thing that they, the the idea that most people, most parents, I think, instill in the children is, well, go on the safe and secure path so you can make this money, and then you'll be happy because then that will lead on to having a partner and kids and family life and so forth. And apparently, that's what makes you happy. <laughs> so it's at the end of the day, we are pursuing happiness through financial security. Yeah, I think that.、Uh... Being around people that that's eyes light up when you walk in the room is something that I heard from a, um, a, a Tony uh, acceptance speech from Andreas De Shields.、Mm. Um, it was a very fascinating speech. And whatever field that you're in, if you show up for people where your eyes light up, enthusiastic to help them with editing,、mm. yeah. with coaching, money, with medicine, with anything, architecture. And you help bring to life something that they are grateful and inspired. That karmetic reciprocity is is to me that, that's joy.、Yeah. To me, that brings happiness. To me, that brings a degree of meaning, meaningful work, and meaningful relationships in life. Yeah, and that's that's great. If you're with people that are always are never satisfied and always demanding more, and never grateful for anything that you put forth. It's demoralizing and it's、yeah. demeaning and it's and it's defeating and it's it's it requires a tremendous amount of resilience to to overcome that and to have the the courage and the strength to say you know what it's not worth the money life is too short I don't want to be around people that make me feel bad about myself or make me feel unvalued in the world、mm. and that's something that requires a degree of understanding and self awareness that is easy to say it's harder to live through based on agreed. Uses and circumstances that people get themselves into in life. Agreed, and I, I think I definitely, I definitely believe that people need to understand themselves more than the external factors. I do believe that you know your life that you create externally is based on your internal world. Most people don't spend the time on looking into the internal world of what exactly. Do I want? What? How do I feel? How does the situation make me feel? What do I want from this? And so forth. And we need. We see this all around us. People spend years in the nine to fives and they hate it.、Um, they spend years in in loveless、uh, relationships for the sake of children, so to speak. We, we、yep. see it all around. It's you know they 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 are so busy living their day to day life they forget about living altogether. It's just. Existing, as far as I'm concerned, and this is this is the sad fact, isn't it? And no amount of money is going to change that. Well, unfortunately, I was in a, a 30 year relationship that is unfortunately just ending, and、uh, 
I was told, look, if 51% of the relationship is great, just celebrate, celebrate the 51%. So I was trying to celebrate the 51% every day. And, uh, I guess it went to 49 on the other side. So it wasn't, wasn't past 50. So we gotta, we gotta open a new chapter in life, you know? So you gotta embrace that, uh, apparently the universe gives you what you're, what you're, what you're capable of handling yeah. at the moment. You might not see it, but you have to, like um god's slingshot if you, mm. you know know about the crow's journey you know like the further that you get knocked down the the, the greater the uh the projection the, re- the projection yeah. it yeah. use it as a fuel for a bigger and better future as just learning I and mean, uh, you also know that it as sometimes relationships just come to a natural end it just is because you've grown outgrown each other and now you come to the point where what you want and what the other person wants is completely different things. And I, I see that with my clients when we work on them on a, you know, when we're working on their mindset, we well, actually work on my energy more than anything else. And when their energy changes, I see it. Um, some partners carry on and others are just not able to keep up in terms of vibrationally. So you know that they're going to fall away, not because of bad people, just because they're no longer vibrationally match. And, and I think, Yes, that's probably a healthy way because there's so many people out there you you can connect with that you know this 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 lack and scarcity mindset that oh if I lose this person I won't find someone else it's complete falsity. There is no truth in that. You will attract to you who you need to, and the universe will send to you who you need at that particular moment in time. Maybe it's for a short period of time, maybe for a longer time, um, but it's again it's where you, you how you think about things, right? I love that. I love that concept. I love that concept. So yeah. Uh, someone told me the the idea of pheromones. You're familiar with the concept of yes. pheromones mm-hmm. in the animal kingdom, a certain yes, energy, of course. Yes, of magnetic course. or a reverse vibration. So yeah, I mean, you know, I have a um, a deep instinctual feeling when I walk in a room and I'm with people. You can feel the energy of people being magnetic or people being repugnant, where mm-hmm. you're just like, wow. So I, as a child, for many years. Anytime someone was a repellent, I would think, well, I just need to work harder to be able to make a magnetic connection in this situation to find the common thread, you know, but sometimes you work so hard that, that it's, it's, it just, it takes all the energy out of you. And you're just like, you know, life's too short to be drained by this other person. This is where understanding comes in. When they, when you have the understanding for it, you know which people to work with and which people to say, love, love, send them, give them love and blessings and send them in the merry way. And just say, be happy wherever you are, but you're not for me. Um, but anyway, right. on that note, we're going to wrap up. So this has been such an interesting conversation, Jonathan. We have to have you back. So you will be joining us for Money uh, money Talkie segment. And then I think we can carry on this conversation then. And actually maybe pick your brains and you know, get a few strategies from you on actually the, the I think it was wisdom no first it was knowledge wisdom and then understanding and I think that's a brilliant brilliant concept that we need to explore further and have a deeper deeper conversation about it but for the time being Jonathan tell us where can we connect with you how can we find you so my my last name it's uh sat s-a-t-o-v-s-k-y I don't know the origins but I assume several generations I must have my family must have been sitting they spelled it wrong sat off the sky you know who knows somewhere in uh, <laughs> you know austria russian border anyway satovsky.com you can uh have uh, some video blogs and some information about finance and uh mindset and you know strategy and and the like and i have a we have a fabulous team of uh, uh people that are uh, legal c- certified financial planners attorneys people on the tax side and insurance and financial planning and trading and you know, we just try to provide support and structure for multi-generational families to think about money, not just over their lifetime, but around multiple generations of lifetimes. 
So with an endowment mindset, people can be um, able to recognize that slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to go. Sometimes it is. Okay, great. On that note, we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for being such an amazing guest. Um, thank you so much. And so I, if you've been listening to this, um, if you've been listening to this podcast, then remember uh, all the links that Jonathan actually hasn't mentioned, but apart from his website, we will have all these links that he gives to us in the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, down below in the description section, we'll have again, all Jonathan's links. Do hook up with him. Do connect with him. He's an amazing, amazing, amazing person and someone who's quite entertaining as well. So we have to have him back for our main talkie segment. Thank you, Jonathan. And I will be back on another Friday feature segment with another amazing guest talking about their journey, finding out how they change their mind to change their life set. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.